the 23rd Psalm, Psalm 23. Of course, the Psalm of David, we know that. The Lord, the shepherd of his people. We're going to talk today about we shall not lack. Psalm 23 and verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack, my margin says. I used to think when I was a kid growing up, and we memorized that in the denominational church where I grew up, that in the 100th Psalm. I used to think, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I don't want him. No, I don't lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Praise God. Thank God for revelation knowledge. Thank God. Hold on. You're going to destroy the band. Father, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you, and we bless you. We thank you for your blessed, holy word and the anointing upon it. We thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of it. We believe you today as a group <clears throat> and stand in agreement with everyone watching this that we have utterance in the Holy Spirit, not only today, but throughout the coming weeks, months, and years, days, should Jesus tarry, that we can speak and preach and teach and share the word. Thank you, Father, that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of your spirit and power, so our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power, the power of the living God. We thank you. We enter your gates today with thanksgiving, your courts with praise. We're thankful unto you. We bless your name for your good, your mercies endure forever, and your truth endures throughout all generations. We honor you, we magnify you, we bless you, and we worship you. And we thank you for the privilege of ministering your word. We thank you that your word is true. You're not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. What you said you'll do, what you spoke, you'll make good. Thank you, we need no man to teach us. We're taught by the Holy Spirit who lives within us as believers. We thank you for that. We believe you according to Mark eleven twenty four for revelation, heart knowledge of your word today and every day as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to share something today, and we've been talking a little bit about this the last few weeks. I'm not going to review those messages because... Each one's a different standalone message, but this has been on my heart for a long time, and it's always on my heart because people who come against prosperity, you know, are, they're they're looking at people rather than the Bible. Being prosperous is having a full supply in every area of our lives, not just financially. That's part of it, but never, never all of it. Never all of it. Uh, we look at people sometimes that, that practice lavish spending, quote-unquote, and we think, well, you know, they're, they're using, you know, people, ministers, you know, they're using people's offerings and giving for the wrong reasons. Well, that, that's not necessarily the case. We don't know how much people sow. I mentioned a couple weeks ago in our message, and in, in looking over our financial statement for, for Redeeming Love Church, uh, I was blessed in the fact that, that we give almost 30% into missions and uh, other ministries and so forth. And that's just the church. The church tithe and, 
It's more than tithes. It's triple tithes. But we as individuals, too, give into offerings and ministries that we support. And, and we give to the poor. We give to missionaries. So, you know, that's a blessing. And, and we'll receive an equal share. You know, we, we looked at that. We'll not talk about that again. We can't be everywhere in the world like missionaries can be, but uh, or some of them can, but we can share in that ministry and get an equal share. You know, uh, David made that an edict for, for ongoing, and it still is. But we shall not lack. We shall not lack. Why, why people want to condemn prosperity? Because it's teaching of the Bible. We don't condemn salvation. And some people condemn healing, say, well, all healing's been done away with when the last apostle died. I, I can vouch for the fact that that is not true. D haven't you ever been to the hospital? Yes, I have. Uh, too much. But it wasn't the hospital, it wasn't the doctors, it was God. You know, they can aid in healing, and they understand that and know that. Why is it that prosperity is such a, an offensive thing to some people? I, I think... Personally, it's because uh, they're not prospering and they're jealous of people who are. You know, I hate to say that, but, you know, they, they'll see a ministry with a jet and think, well, you know, they're over, overspending or they're, they're not using the money properly. They're not being good stewards of it. You know, I don't need a jet to get around where I minister. I minister two, uh, two miles from here. Uh, you know, we couldn't use a jet anyway. Uh, a car is perfect. And we have a good car and a truck. We can get in, you know, my son Bill has a car. We, we can get anywhere we need to go. You know, I'm not a, a world-traveling missionary. We give in to the missionaries and the people that travel. But we don't lack either. We have a full supply. You know, the picture we have of God as shepherd is fulfilled and completed. Completed in the person and the work of Jesus. Let me say that again. The picture we have of God as shepherd is fulfilled and completed in the person and work of Jesus. I want to give you three examples of that. We're going to look further into the 23rd Psalm. But there's three good examples. First of all, the redeeming good shepherd. And we know uh, John chapter 10, vital chapter, important chapter. We know John 10.10. 10. The thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That's prosperity, abundant life. Superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, and more than sufficient. But I want you to see verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And he did that, and he does that. Praise God, and we're the sheep. The redeeming good shepherd. How about the resurrected great shepherd? I like this one. And you all know I do. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Everybody has their own opinion on it. But most people have the opinion it was Paul. So Paul writes here in the benediction. He says now in verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete, perfect, mature, in every good work to do his will. 
working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. The resurrected, the resurrected great shepherd. And how about this one? How about the returning chief shepherd? Is he returning? Absolutely he is. Why isn't he here? He's waiting on the precious fruit of the earth. Don't forget, a day is like a, uh, you know, a thousand years, a thousand years is a day to the Lord. So, you know, don't worry about it. He's coming. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd, praise God, the chief shepherd, the returning chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. I want to start back at verse 1 here. Chapter 5, verse 1. The elders who are among you I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, or according to God, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Praise God. Nor as being lords over those who entrusted, uh, over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And then verse 4, when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory does not fade away. You'll have that victor's crown of glory when you do this. Praise God. Shepherd the flock. That's what he told Peter in, in uh, the book of John. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. If you love me, that's what you got to do. And Peter did it, and we've got to do it too. Praise God. And, and as we read Psalm uh, 23, we see how prosperity, not having lack, pro provides a full supply in every area. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd, verse 1. If you didn't hold your finger there, turn back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Isn't that wonderful? Pastures of tender grass. That is peace, my friends. He leads me beside the still waters. Waters of rest. That's rest. Any of you can use a little rest? He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. And, and you know, if you look that up in the Hebrew, it's the same as the Greek. Mind, will, emotions. You know, maybe not word for word, but it means the same thing. He restores my mind, will, and emotions. Thank God he does. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk... Through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. There's no reason to fear anything, especially death. Praise God. That's our, our, you know, a promotion for us. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Comfort, console, extend compassion. Sigh with one who is grieving to repent. That's the word Naham in the, in the Hebrew. Strong's 5162. It originally uh, it may have meant to breathe intensely because of deep emotion. In some re references, the word is translated repent, the idea being that regret causes deep sighing. In its sense of comfort, Nahum does not describe casual sympathy, but rather deep empathy. It's like weeping with those who weep or actually sighing with those who sigh. Praise God. Verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Praise God. Thank God for the table. 
prepared before us. Yeah, but uh, brother, our enemies are there. Doesn't matter. He's with us. He's, he's the God, Father of mercy, he's the God of all comfort. He, he is with us. His rod and staff comfort us. He can whip them with his rod and staff. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory to God. And I will dwell, dwell in the house of the Lord forever, for length of days. Dwell in his household, his family, his clan, his temple, his home forever. Praise God. Now, if that's uh, anything wrong with that part of prosperity, I don't see it. Do you? We have no want. No want. We have a full supply in every area of our lives. Praise God. The problem is we have parts to play. People don't want to play those parts. You know, there, there's a list that I have here that's not an exhaustive list, but it's a list of things that are easy for us to do. You know, to play our parts, uh, to, to prosper. And we think that, you know, it's just giving. It is giving. You know, we, we've seen that. We've talked about it. But, you know, if you don't want to give, you better believe God for something to give. You know, if you can't afford to give, believe Him for something to give. Because it's, it's instruction in the Bible. You know, we, we saw it in Luke 6.37, and we'll, we'll see it again. But look back at Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is a vitally important chapter. You know that it is. Deuteronomy 28 gives us the blessing, gives us the curse. Verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. We only have one commandment as New Testament believers. A new commandment I give you is to love one another. Jesus said, John 13, 34, All blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 28, 2. Isn't it nice to be overtaken with blessings? Thank God. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. First one here in this list is to obey God. Now, if you're listening to leading of the Holy Spirit, you're obeying God anyway. You know, that's one of the four points that we talked about a few weeks ago, is instantly obey the voice of the Spirit. We talked about uh, being more spirit conscious for, for five weeks there. Obey God. And he goes on to say, Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Praise God, that's your children, your offspring, your grandchildren, the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They'll come out against you one way. Flee before you seven ways. Flee as in terror. Resist the devil. He'll flee as in terror. That's New Testament. Praise God. And verse 8, listen to this. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all 
to which you set your hand, and he'll bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Giving you. That's prosperity to the nth degree. Why does someone want to fight against that? I've, I've seen people, you know, on social media say, the prosperity message, quote unquote, is straight from hell. Well, the devil didn't write this. The devil didn't write Deuteronomy 28.8. He didn't write Joshua chapter 1 that tells us how to prosper. Psalm 1. Look at Psalm 1. You know, he didn't put this as the first psalm uh, accidentally. It's the way of the righteous and the end of the ungodly. Blessed, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, if you're coming against something in the Bible, you're ungodly. I'm sorry. You know, I, I hate to be that blunt, but that's the way it is. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law, or the word, you know, we're reading the New King James translation, the law of the, word, the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. We know what meditates means. It means to reflect, moan, mutter, ponder, make a quiet sound. You know, that, that's what the Hebrew meaning is. We speak the word, even if it's to ourselves, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. He tells us how to prosper, so we can't prosper? No, that's ridiculous. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Excuse me, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Praise God. He wants us to prosper. So we need to obey God. Number two is to give. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago. In our body, uh, people know how to give. I haven't had to preach enough messages in the last 23 years to fill one hand about giving. And, and only when the Lord leads me because people understand and know. They have given. We owe nobody or nothing except our monthly bills. Our building is paid for. Our bills are paid. We have everything that we need at the church. If something breaks down, we fix it and pay for it cash. Not because we're so uh, intelligent or anything else, but because we know how to give. It says here in Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will, he, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. Thank God. Thank God. Only when we give are we in a position to receive a harvest. Some people want to receive that harvest. You know, and curse people that receive, you know, a harvest because they're not being prosperous. They don't read the Bible. They don't understand it. They don't study it or they listen to somebody who's preaching against it. I sure don't want to be that person. I won't be. Number three, we need to utilize the angelic ministry. Well, how do we do that? I'm glad you asked because it's an important thing. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, it starts out this way. 
God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, whom also he made, uh, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You're my son, and today I've begotten you? I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. I can answer that, none. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and ministers a flame of fire. Now skip down to verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? You need to send forth your angels to minister because you're an heir of salvation. We're heirs of God, join heirs with Jesus. Send them forth to minister and, and bring the finances in. Well, I, you know, I sure don't feel right doing that, sending forth angels. Well, he says they're ministering spirits. You want your standing around doing nothing? I like the way Brother Hagin talked about it. He said when he first got the revelation of that, he got it directly from Jesus. He said, uh, my angels were probably standing around thinking, when is this dummy going to come around? He said that about himself. You know, don't don't be in that situation. Utilize your ministering spirit. You didn't lose your guardian angel or, or your, the angelic ministry when you grew up. Absolutely not. They're still there, ready to minister for you. Well, I, I feel silly doing that. People that feel silly uh, commissioning angels to do something for them will uh, bet on the lottery and think that they're going to win something. Or they'll go to a, a sports event and cheer and yell and scream like that's going to make any difference. You're not going to get in the game. You're yelling and screaming or yell and scream at the TV set. Or, or even pray about a victory for their, you know, their team. You need to pray that somebody doesn't get hurt or killed in these events and doesn't get some pandemic pushed on them. No, you know, commission your angels. That to me is wiser than some of the other things that people do. Utilize the angelic ministry. We need, number four, to expect to prosper. Expect to prosper. Well, I tried that. and didn't work. Expect to prosper. Be in faith. Utilize your faith. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. You know, Joshua took over from Moses, didn't he? He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. Boy, that's good news, isn't it? You know, we've seen it here a couple of times in openings today. He's not going to leave us. Yeah, but I did something wrong. It doesn't say if we do everything right. He says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. There he's telling us to prosper again, but, you know, some people, I guess, aren't meant to prosper. 
Because that, you know, that message came from the devil. No, it didn't. The devil didn't write this. Verse 8, this book of the law, not this book of the devil, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, just like Psalm 1, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. Then you'll deal wisely in the affairs of life. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank God. Expect to prosper. Expect it. Isaiah chapter 54. A perpetual covenant of peace. Praise God. He, he's talking to people here who have been... Uh, exiles in Babylon. He says in verse 1, Isaiah 54, verse 1, Sing, O barren, you have not, uh, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now I want to read verses 2 and 3, but uh, I want to read it in the New Living Translation. This is a translation, not a paraphrase. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. We need to be bursting at the seams. If we're going to finance this uh, end times move as a body of believers, we need to be bursting at the seams, not whining and saying how little we have and what we lack and that the prosperity message isn't true. It is true. And we need to live it. Praise God. We need also, while we're in Isaiah, we need to look at chapter 1 and verse 19. You know this one. We need to be willing. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. We need to be eating the good of the land to prosper. Eating the good of the land. The Lord told Brother Hagin, uh, you don't qualify to prosper. He said, why? He said, because you're obedient, but you're not willing. He said, he made a little, Brother Egan said, I made a little adjustment on the inside of me very quickly. And I, I became willing. Willing and obedient. If you're willing to do the things that the Lord tells us to do in the Bible, in the Bible, and listen to proper teaching, not somebody that comes against teaching of the Bible, you will eat the good of the land. Uh, number six here, like I said, this is an exhaustive list. We can go on all day with this. But keep the word before your eyes. If you do these six things, you will, you will be playing your part. And you'll go further. You'll stay in the word. Stay in the word. Don't turn to it. But Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, My son, attend to my words. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Incline your ear. Listen to what he's saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. And verse 23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life, the wellsprings of life. And we saw Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Praise God. And Psalm 1 we saw. 
Praise God. Finally, serve Him. Serve the Lord. Don't just go through the motions. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Not sadness. Serve the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verses 7 through 9. We'll close with this. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it bothers me when people come against a message that God is clear about in the Bible. He's as clear about this as He is about healing, salvation, deliverance, preservation, protection. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. What's Psalm 23, verse 1 say? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not lack. You will lack nothing. You will have a full supply. You will prosper. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Praise God. When you have eaten and are full, verse 10, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given you. Praise God forevermore. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much for your blessed, holy word. We thank you for the anointing upon your word. We thank you that we've heard your word today and we want to live your word. We want to be doers of it, not hearers only, self-deceived. Deceiving our own selves. We want to act on your word. We want to show people the truth of your word. Not because we want to notch on our belt or to increase our church size or to do anything beyond that. We want people into the kingdom. We want to wrap this up and end this and come and, and spend our eternity with you. We'll all be there eventually as Christians. But the sooner, the better. And we praise God and thank you for the opportunity to minister your word. In Jesus' name. Praise God. If you're out there and listening to this uh, on Facebook Live or on the blog or sometime later in the week and you say, well, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. He's never been made my Savior. I don't qualify for these blessings. Well, you can. It's, a, it's the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life. Pray this prayer with us. It's a, it's a short prayer. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouths... That means to speak something. Confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus. Believe in our heart God raised him from the dead. We'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And verse 13 of that same opening says those who call upon the name of the Lord. You know, we don't call with our minds. We call with our mouths. Call upon the name of the Lord. We'll be saved. It's as simple as that. And Jesus said in John 6, 37, if they come, I won't cast them out. I won't turn them away. You haven't done anything on this earth other than if you've rejected Jesus that you have to go to hell for. Come to Him today. He's not going to turn you away. Don't reject Him. Come to Him. He'll forgive you. You'll be His child. Pray this prayer with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
just as I am. Jesus said in your word, if I come, you won't turn me away. Forgive me of all my past sins. I repent of them today in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, come into my heart as my Savior, and I make you the Lord of my life. I believe the Father raised you from the dead. And I confess it with my mouth. So I'm saved. Born again. Born from above. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. In Jesus' name. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. And I speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me from the power of darkness. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, get to a good church, a word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church, one who is teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth. And don't look at how big the church is or how small. Get to somewhere who is preaching the gospel and become a part of that body. Fellowship with them. Stay in the Word daily. Get into a good uh, daily devotional. There's tons of them out there that take you two minutes or less to go through every day. Stay in the Word every day. If you get online and watch ministers, watch ones who are teaching the full gospel. If you get on broadcast TV or Roku or YouTube or anywhere, listen to ones that are preaching and teaching the Word of God in its entirety. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love you all. Have a blessed rest of the day. A wonderful Sunday and weekend. And praise God, stay in His Word.